0: The following is a hoop bowl presentation.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Hoop Ball DFS Today Podcast. I am your host, Mike Padra. It's Sunday. That means I'm with my good buddy Harris Kermani. We're here to break down this wonderful June 27th slate for you guys. we got a nice little showdown action. We're going to touch on the two-day slate, talk a little bit about tomorrow. Not too, too much. We can't, can't dive in there too much, Harris, but we're going to give the people a little, a little taste. But um, how are you doing, my friend? How are we, It's been a whole week. I look, uh, actually, it's been two. I think it's been yeah. two weeks.
0: Yeah, you, last week around had a couple of things as far as family's concerned, but glad to be back on it. It's nice. Weather keeps getting nicer at uh, the aftermath of a nice thunderstorm. So you get that uh, petrichor smell out there. I learned that word a couple of years back and I love using it anytime I get a chance to, you know, that earthy smell after the rain. But uh, it's been nice. It's been really nice out here. So glad to get it on. And the playoffs just keep getting more and more interesting, except for that game yesterday. That was the worst thing I've seen, I swear. The last <laughs> couple of weeks, that was a terrible, Could terrible it? game.
1: Could have been better. Definitely could have been better. That's awesome, man. I, and listen, when the weather uh when the weather's nice, we gotta enjoy that. And we're starting to see that. I'm like I, I can't even speak. I'm saying I'm starting to see it here in Connecticut, but I'm gonna go somewhere in a week where it's gonna be sixty degrees hotter, but uh, nonetheless, I'm enjoying it. I didn't get the thunderstorms, no thunderstorms down there, but uh, check this. I had a little going away party. Everybody knows that listen, and Santino and I have known each other in real life for the better half of twenty something years now. And uh, he came by, you know, obviously at these going away parties there's some, you know, festivities There's some some beverages, uh, adult beverages being consumed. And I always offer anybody that's, uh, you know, drinking, you're welcome to stay over. There's plenty of room. There's couches, there's blankets, air, whatever you need. So our good friend Santino stayed over last night. He listens to ambient thunderstorms using my Alexa um, <laughs> to sleep. And I'm like, are you, you, you serious? Like, I always kind of heard about this, but. You know, just a loud. Uh, I wake up in the middle of the night, just loud thunderstorms. It sounds like. I look out my window. I see nothing. It's it's so that he can fall asleep. That's what he does. But shout out Santino with his thunderstorms. Uh, I just like to throw a little shade at him whenever I get a chance. But we <laughs> we got we got some uh, we got some good stuff to jump into, man. We got some good stuff to jump into. So we're not gonna we're not gonna take too too much time. So we'll uh, we'll jump. We'll just dive into it. Game on the docket. Milwaukee traveling to Atlanta. 8:30 Eastern Standard Time Game for the Hawks. down on Questionable. Brandon Goodwin out. DeAndre Hunter out for the Bucks. Or did I say for the Bucks. For the Hawks. For the Bucks, De- uh, Dante DiVincenzo ruled out. Giannis Ante is probable. So, as we know, no real major news or injuries going on differently than we've seen for the past day or two. But actually, you gotta go no Cam Reddish on here as well. I'll pass it over to you. <clears throat> we're going to talk about this showdown slate. So kind of take me through your approach, I guess. And, you know, that's really what it comes down to, these showdowns, especially when we're talking about playoffs. We're getting the same teams every time. The price tags, yeah, they fluctuate a little bit here and there. But it's really about your approach and, I guess, how you're game scripting this specific game. So why don't you talk to me about that?
0: Yeah. And as much as I like having you know, that sneaky captain pick to be able to fix out the rest of the utility guys to somehow make it fit under the budget – In this series especially, it's just one of those where you have to avoid being cute. Between Giannis, between Trey, they are the respective captains of both their ships, both in usage, both in production. And especially Trey at home, who's put up a 60 bomb in the last two games that he's played in that Philly series at home, has just continuously been a show throughout this period. I'm pretty much leaning towards him as my captain with a little bit of Giannis to be able to kind of get the rest of it out there. But really, in my mind, the approach is... Like if I can find one to two guys that are viable in that kind of three to four thousand and below, then I can have in my mind that hey I can get three guys on here that are going to be close to that 10k and above with that captain of course. And usually I feel pretty good about those kind of lineups. So oftentimes in showdowns, kind of that mid tier gets a little bit shrunk at least as far as my lineups are concerned, and it kind of becomes a boom or bust kind of situation. Especially in a one game, it's just all about. Finding that one cheap guy who happens to go off because it's going to be that one low ownership percentage that changes it up for you. Everyone's going to have the same lineup otherwise, so it's kind of my approach to things.
1: And yeah, listen, that's that's the, the approach I think most have, and you need to be able to differentiate in some ways. And it also depends on your tournament and your contest, and again, if you're entering a tournament or if you're entering cash. Uh, generally, if I'm entering you know, GPPs, which is what I usually do, I don't play too, too many showdowns. When I do, I just throw a couple into uh, Darth Rose. I, I usually try to differentiate with, you know, uh, an otter piece at my at my captain spot. So if I can afford Giannis, if I can afford Trey Young, that's the way I'm going. There's no question about it. You just have to feel confident and comfortable with the rest of your lineup. And the thing about these two teams are, you know, they're both I wouldn't say they're both too top heavy, but I would say generally there's, you know, the Bucks, you'll see one bench guy uh, that you're going to want, whether it's Connaughton or Bobby Portis that night or, you know, saw one of those two guys, those are usually the the pivots that you want to look to. Uh, to get like some decent bench usage, decent bench points for DFS. Uh, same thing with the Hawks. You know, generally it would be like a Danilo Gallinari. Uh, Cam Reddish is now back in the lineup, so he's one of those guys. But we pretty much know where the points are coming from with both these teams. And I want to try to get four studs, and the only way to do that is to probably go down a little bit at my captain's spot. So, you know, looking at this, uh, I guess we'll start off with the Bucks. obviously. Drew Holiday coming off of an absolutely just dominant performance. Uh, past two games, I mean, he's really just done on defense, and that's one thing that I was kind of, you know, looking at with Trey Young. We've seen that big game come, game get big game come from him already, but that Drew Holiday defense is absolutely real. The dude is the best perimeter defender in the league. He's been known, I, I think, Damian Lillard's came out and said this numerous times. He's been top top. I think Steph Curry came out and said this before. Mm-hmm. There's no secret whether you look at metric stats, whatever they tell you, don't believe them. Um, I'm sure they're good anyway. But Drew Holiday is an absolutely elite defender, so. That's going to keep Trey Young from uh, being in my captain spot. And to be honest, I don't think I'll have Trey Young in my captain spot for the remainder of the series. I just don't think that this is going to be the best series on paper. I feel like I've been doubting this guy left and right, and it's going to bite me eventually uh, And if it hasn't already. But I just want to kind of lead on these Bucks guys. I want to play Giannis. I want to get either a Drew Holiday or Middleton in my captain spot if I could. Brooke Lopez has been, I think, just a staple piece that a lot of us have been going to. But I kind of want to get me some Bobby Portis in there as well. So looking at Bobby Portis uh, as one of these value pieces, looking at a Connaughton as one of these value pieces, and then just trying my best to get at least two out of the three between Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday is pretty much the approach I'm going to do. And then obviously we're going to pair it with some Trey Young on the other side. But I'm getting ahead of myself, man. I'm talking way too much over here. I'm going a million miles an hour. You can tell the coffee has kicked in. So let me get some. Uh, let me get some take from you between I guess Holiday, Middleton. Which one do you prefer?
0: Yeah, and throughout the series, I've just found that to me, Holiday's just going to be the piece, not only, as you said, the primary defender on Trey Young, and also if there's a weakness on the Atlanta Hawks side, it's probably them trying to exploit as much Trey Young as possible. So you're finding that Holiday's just being kind of that primary initiator a lot more in this series than I'd say in the Brooklyn series where they were trying to go more towards the Middleton side. So to me, between those two, I'm definitely leaning much more towards Holiday, but you know, Middleton's Middleton. He's continued to be that guy who's not only going to be the closer for them as far as taking the tough shots, his shot volume is always going to be there. So his three-point shooting has been a bit odd in this series. I mean, he's 2 for 14 so far. I'm sure that's going to normalize. But as far as Drew's concerned, you talk about riding the hot hand, this guy's shooting 59 from the field right now, 50% from three, which is not necessarily what you expect from a guy like Drew Holiday. But as far as he continues to do that, and as long as he can continue to pick on Trey Young defensively, I'm finding myself much more shifted towards that than I have towards Middleton this one.
1: I think uh, you and I could probably pick on Trey Young defensively. We could get away (laughs) with a couple buckets. Uh, You're absolutely right. I always touch on that if you guys listen. I think uh, for the past year, he's been one of the worst statistical defenders since he's been in the league. The only person that has been worse than him was Isaiah Thomas. So there you go. That kind of tells you everything you need to know about Trey Young's defense and how porous it is. Now, looking at this Hawks side, You know, Trey Young, we could talk at nausea about him. I don't think any of our listeners need to know. He's a great play. He's going to be the top option. He'll probably be the top scoring option on this Hawks team. The only way that I can't see that happening is if Clint Capello grabs 25 rebounds. Uh, Outside of that, I fully expect Trey Young to be the highest scorer. Now, is he going to be the best return for a dollar standpoint? Maybe not in the captain spot, and that's my worry. If we get 30 to 40 DK points out of Trey Young, that's not doing it for us. That's not good in our captain. That's good. That's okay if we have that in our utility. You can even get away with that. Uh, avoiding a manure utility, like, and we saw in that last game. If you just didn't play Trey Young at all, you probably did okay. Uh, but nonetheless, he's very much in play. I'm going to keep attacking the front court, though. That's been my that's been my motto and that's been my mantra uh, with this Hawks team. It's there's two there's two weaknesses with the Bucks. Uh, centers can generally do pretty well against them, pretty porous uh, rebounding wise. And then when we're looking at the three point line, Hawks are very vulnerable behind three point line. That's kind of why you either see Trey Young have one of these monster games. Uh, One of these softer games, but I want to still attack with the front court. Looking at John Collins, looking at Clint Capella. I prefer Clint Capella over John Collins. Splitting hairs, but give me the guy that has the better defensive and rebounding upside. Just feel a little bit more secure there. I think he also has the higher ceiling as well. And then, like I said, if I'm looking at some of these ancillary guys, I might take a stab at Cam Reddish. I don't love the price tag at 5K utility. I kind of want him cheaper than that. He's only played one game, played 17 minutes in that last one since he returned. I maybe imagine that gets bumped up closer to the 20-minute mark. Okay, we're taking we're taking shots at like some of these guys. We have to differentiate. We need to look at where their upside possibly is. I don't want guys that are just always playing minutes. Minutes equal money. That's sure. Uh, but Cam Reddish, she's going to be a viable uh, ball handler for this team, too. Uh, I imagine he's he's also one of their better perimeter defenders. So getting him as healthy or getting him as many minutes as they possibly could is going to be something they look to do. But again... We just can't bank on anything more than, I would say, 20 to 22 minutes max, uh, with it only being his second game back. But I'll pass it over to you. I talked at nausea about a lot of these Hawks guys. I probably touched on most people, but I want to get your thoughts on some of the guys I said.
0: Yeah, and I think the biggest wrinkle in all of this has kind of been Bogdan Bogdanovich's knee. It's it clear that at this point he's hobbled out there. They're trying. I mean, he's a warrior. He's playing through it. But, I mean, 18 minutes in the last game, 27 in the one before that, I honestly... Don't see his body being able to take a 30-minute kind of load, which is why, kind of it's like a, a contrarian play, I'm finding myself with a number of Lou Williams in my uh, in my different lineups there. I mean, at 1,800, as long as he's getting even honestly into the high teens, which I think he'll get closer to, that's probably a spot where just a shot buffet may make him a potentially viable option. I agree with you on Cam Reddish. I'd like him there, but 5,000 is a bit high for what I like, but. Having seen him in the last game, he looked pretty good considering he was four months off, didn't look uh, at all rusty as far as his uh, conditioning was concerned. So he could very well see himself in more minutes. And I'm kind of keeping a close eye because I have a feeling, like this inkling, that Bogdan might actually go ahead and sit out this game because it just doesn't, didn't look right at all. I think the Hawks, having taken back home advantage, could maybe look to try and play it safe and play the long game here. But hey, we'll have to wait and see how that goes.
1: All right. Well, that, that's it for the showdown, guys. I think that's what we got for you. Uh, some, some tidbits. It looks like we're both going to be trying to differentiate one way, shape, or form. And we're riding the chalk as far as play the studs. Uh, there's there, When you have two of the best guys, the highest usage and highest upside in the league, you play them. There's no secret beyond that. Uh, but let's talk about some of this. I guess this is where we could get a little secretive and differentiate. And we'll touch on it quickly. It's going to be the two-part slate. So it is two games starting today, 830. It's going to be that Hawks and Bucks game. And then it will carry over into tomorrow, Monday, slate for the Clippers and Suns, this game will be taking place in Phoenix. They're traveling 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Of course, we're not going to have everything as far as injury reports and uh, game lines and spreads as of right now. It's a 218 game total. Uh, Suns favored by five and a half. We half. We'd even get the first one prior, 225 game total. Bucks favored by four and a half in that one. But uh, obviously this one, a little bit more of a defensive matchup, I guess we could say, than that first one with those high up-tempo teams. So, I touch on it. Anytime you're playing these two-game slates, I'm probably going to lean a little bit more Atlanta and Milwaukee. There's just going to be little, uh, I wouldn't say little to no defense played, but two of the faster uh, teams in terms of pace. So a lot more shot attempts, a lot more rebounds, a lot more opportunities for everybody else in that game. Also talking a seven-point difference in game total. So let's touch on it, man. We'll talk about this Clippers team to start. I'll pass it over to you why don't you just give me some of the immediate things that pop off uh, the page for you, some immediate things that you've been noticing in this series. And I guess what we could talk about with, uh, with it being a day before, obviously things are subject to change, but we'll do our best.
0: Yeah, of course. And I think the biggest thing that's popped off, at least as far as the Clippers are concerned, is just purely the amount of minutes that uh, Ivica Zubac is getting. And he played the highest minutes total that he's done in his entire NBA career yesterday in that 40 minute game. And really, as you said, it's, been much more of a defensive i wouldn't even necessarily say it's been a defensive clinic as much as just been an offensive just garbage barn burner show it's just been terrible as far as that's concerned the efficiencies out there but what that means is that reboundings are up to grab in a consistent basis and zubats has picked up 14 in the last game 16 in the game before that has kind of become almost my favorite guy to be able to go to. His price tag at 4900 is still at a great spot to be able to go ahead and take advantage of that. And it's kind of come at the expense of a Nicholas Batum, who is consistently playing you know, 30 to 40 minutes in the previous series, but is now down to like 15, 16 in this one. So it's clear matchups play a huge role as far as this entire series is concerned. And for the Clippers, who are literally sitting at the brink now at that 3-1 deficit going to be at home trying to do everything they can in order to extend the series. We know Kawhi Leonard is still being judged on a game-by-game basis right now, so you know who knows? Are they going to try and uh, push him out there, try to see if he can somehow come back and maybe extend the series? I don't know. We'll find out as that happens. But until then, Paul George, Reggie Jackson, those guys continue to be the two top main offensive options for the squad. Paul George, even on a bad shooting night, still puts up 55 FTP. Uh, As far as Reggie Jackson's concerned, at 6,100, he's about good value as well. So it's kind of, you know, you know where the offense is going to come from as far as the Clippers are concerned. And really, that's what it comes down to. Can their offense somehow be good enough to handle the fact that Phoenix themselves has been pretty down as far as their shot making is concerned? And it's been a series for the Bigs. DeAndre Ayton on the other side as well, who goes ahead and just puts up absolutely monstrous numbers, has really continued to establish himself as one of the better big men in the league. And it was almost a. It was a funny shot. forgot who said it, that uh, Aiton's been the best big man to face so far into the entire playoffs, obviously taking a shot at some of the other ones they've gone at so far. But it's been fun. It's been fun, and it's been a nice change of pace that the big men are getting far more involved in the series.
1: Yeah, and I think that's actually – I think we might have been on the show together um... – Maybe I'm wrong. No, it couldn't have been us. uh, I think we touched on it, though, on one of our shows that when they were coming into the series, you're right. It's a completely different series. We were seeing the Clippers do that small ball lineup and get away with that and actually thrive with it going against Gobert. And it's simply because they are not worried about Gobert dropping 20 actual (laughs) points on them. Uh, They'll take whatever, you know, little putbacks and dunks that Rudy Gobert was getting and just burn them on the other end. Now it's a little different. You have a guy like DeAndre Ayton who is fully comfortable taking 20 plus shot attempts. And Zubats, we're seeing it. He has to play these minutes. They can't do the small ball. They're getting they're, they'd get crushed on the inside by Aiton. They're getting crushed on the inside regardless. But they need the size out there. I'm with you. I'm going to continue rolling Zubats. It's just the chalk play. You you take that free square and you just eat it. Don't try to get cute with it. I don't care if you're trying to differentiate it. Pick a different spot to differentiate. You don't do it with this one. You eat the chalk. In my opinion, you play both centers on this two game slate. Uh, you play Aiton and you play Zubats, and then you make it work with your other pieces. I just think that these guys are both way too underpriced for their roles, for their minutes, for everything else. Their point per minute upside, both of them are over 1.2 DK points per minute in the series. So, like, sign me up. I'm good with that. Uh, I want it uh, all day. Actually, Zubats is not, but eight it is. So that's that's probably it for me as far as getting, like, you know, too cute. I kind of want to see what else is going on as far as strategy. I do prefer Paul George as uh, the most expensive guy out of this game. That's the guy I'd rather play. I'd rather play Paul George over Chris Paul and Devin Booker. And then looking at some of these ancillary options, I would rather play Reggie Jackson over uh, Chris Paul and Devin, Devin Booker right now on a point-per-dollar standpoint. So that's my approach. I have two initial builds going right now. One of them has Paul George. One of them has Reggie Jackson. The one that has Reggie Jackson allows me to spend up a little bit more in another spot, and I could look over and try to get another one of those guys from that Bucks game, whether it is Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton. I could pair him with my Giannis double up over there. That's kind of how my game script is going. I actually think that the Clippers are going to take this one, make it a three, two series. I'm expecting the bucks to win pretty handily. And that's really how my lineups work in playoffs is that you have to game script them pretty tough. Be ready to take one off the chin. be able to adjust is important, but there's going to be a lot less adjustments here. So we kind of know what these rotations and everything look like. It's just, you have to play coach. You have to try to decide how these, these coaches are going to adjust game by game. And that's the biggest thing with DFS in the playoffs. So, uh, anything else you want to touch on, I guess, with these two teams? I mean, we didn't really talk about too much with the Suns. I gave my little take on it. Uh, if I had to play anybody, it's going to be, continue to be just DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Ayton. And then I like Cam Johnson as a value play. He's been a guy that I've just been loading up on for value. Never going to light the world on fire or anything like that for you. But uh, the definition of just a rock-solid guy at 4,200 who is playing a decent to consistent role between anywhere between the 20 to, or 17 to 24-minute range, I'd say, on average. And when the shots fall in form, you're looking at about 20 DK points.
0: Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Cam Johnson has been one of my favorite plays just in general. I mean, I like the guy as a player in general. I feel like he should be getting more minutes in this league. And I think Phoenix is finally starting to figure out rotations in which they can get him in, kind of swapping in that three, four, have him float around there and uh, get more in there because yeah, he's probably in terms of like a catch and shoot three point shooter for them outside of Jerry Crowder, I'd say he's their most consistent guy out there. So it's nice to have him be viable once again as far as DFS is concerned.
1: Absolutely. Who doesn't like some Cam Johnson? Who doesn't? But <laughs> that's it. That's all we got for you guys. Thank you for listening. As always, from everybody over here at Hoopball, go give us a follow. Give us a thumbs up, subscribe, all that good stuff. And give Harris a follow. If you guys haven't already, you're missing the boat. Harris is an absolute stud. Listen, uh, when you run the DFS team, you could cherry pick who you do the podcast with. There's a reason I wanted you, Harris. You're a good guy. You're a stud. I love doing these shows with you, man. And I know that we're going to be able to put out some great content with the duo that we have right now on our Sundays. But, Harris, let the good people know where they can give you a follow. That way they can get at you. They can reach you even when you don't want to be reached.
0: I appreciate the shout out. And you can get me on Twitter at H-A-K underscore devil, hack devil on there. And I know we spoke about it last time, too. You can hit me up on some Xbox as well with that because that's the same gamer tag I have to be able to do that. But anytime you have any questions, definitely send me out a DM, a tweet. I'm pretty quick in being able to respond to that. And I'm ready to enjoy some more playoff basketball. All
1: right. And you can give me a follow-up, Mike Patra, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. You won't see me being very active on there as of late. Probably won't see me very active down there. But, hey, listen, if you have a question that I can get to, I'll do my best. I'll uh, I'll probably get to it in an hour and a half too late, but I will do my best. And then... <laughs> Brutal honesty, man. You know what I mean? You got to just keep it honest sometimes. (laughs) I'm not around my computer or phone. I've been one of those guys. I would say for the better half of a year here, I've been trying to just disconnect from the cell phone as much as possible. So when I have friends or family over, if me and the girlfriend are watching a movie or something, I try to put it on silent. I try not to look at it. And then I try to get to everything at once uh, and just you know disconnect a little bit. I think a lot of people get glued to their phones too much, and us being us and being sports guys and in this industry, we're probably guilty of it more than most. So we'll see how long it lasts. We'll see how long
0: it lasts. Yeah, I'm 100% guilty of that. I try to set uh, (laughs) with a silent mode on sending notifications at times or do not disturb hours. But, man, there's just too much news coming out too fast, and you just have to stay on top
1: of it all. (laughs) 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 someone has got to. We're the we're the martyrs, man. We got to take the bullet for everybody else so you guys sit there and enjoy the time with our family. We get yelled at by our significant others while we're just sitting there looking to see uh how many minutes Cam Johnson might play tonight. We'll handle that. We'll take it. We'll take the punch of uh off the chin. But thank you guys again for everything. We'll be back tonight. It'll be me. It'll be Sam. We're going to crush this uh this Monday slate for you guys. Touch on a lot of this. We'll talk about how this game ended tonight and uh, I guess what we can expect from tomorrow's but Again, let's go out there. Let's crush some GPPs. Let's take down some money and let's enjoy some playoff basketball. Take care, everybody.